Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Halloween Ends. And we have a very special guest with us on this episode, we'll talk about in a minute. And our movie from the vault was The Howling from Joe Dante. Okay, our special guest is none other than Mr. Paul Thomas, that we have, uh, which is a very good friend of the pod, and we have spent some Fright Fest time with. Welcome to the pod, mate. How are you doing? Thank you. And it was great to see you all at Fright Fest. It was a really awesome experience. It was my first Fright Fest. I only went to five or six films, but I'm definitely going to be back. Hopefully we'll all go f- a couple of days next August. Definitely. Yeah, man. Definitely. If I go the next August and get fucking COVID again, my uh, soon-to-be wife is going to fucking kill me. <laughs> but you I... had quite the odd strain of COVID that none of us caught. You were all sharing a room. I was next to you in the pub after every film. So you had a very weak strain, Paul. Weak? Oh, I'm weak. still getting over it now. <laughs> well, we're we're going to talk a bit more to uh, about to Paul later on, Paul Thomas. We'll we'll, we'll get in some some chat with you later on for definitely. Oh, yeah. But for now, I reckon we should get on to what we've all been watching this week, and I reckon we should let our guests go first. So, what I decided to do this week because I realised I've not seen any of the Halloween films apart from the original. Um, so I decided to do a deep dive into the lineage that ended up in the current release in the cinema. So obviously we've all seen the 1978 film, which is absolutely brilliant. So I went back this week and watched Halloween, Halloween Kills, and then of course Halloween Ends, which we're talking about later. They are all brilliant. It was a really good thing to be doing and um, necessary before the latest film in the cinema to watch. But um, Absolutely fantastic. How they've come off my radar in the past, I don't know. I think I was just overwhelmed by the amount of Halloween films. I mean, for a start, what do you mean? Do you watch? Do you watch the 1978? I've watched the 1978 before many times. Very familiar with that. So this week I watched Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. This is the only Halloween you need to watch after this. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that. Season of the Witch. Doesn't mean that Michael Myers in it. <laughs> the the other film that I watched this week, which I really enjoyed the first half and then hated the second half, um, another one that I've missed, Jeepers Creepers, um, uh-huh. which at the start was a brilliant film. It was a little bit different because rather than a couple, as you usually get, you had a brother and sister traveling through, and I really enjoyed it, the creepy thing. And then it started all supernatural with a guy with wings, and it was all a bit <laughs> silly, and I would have much preferred it as I thought it was going to be just a normal psycho slasher film instead of somebody with wings but um it's okay it's okay <laughs> that's, that's a that, fair that comment. echoes the review we did of it um it's a film of two halves and the first half is su- superior in every way we don't need wings wings are not needed no 100 agree um although i do like the look of the the latest one so i may i may catch that <laughs> you're a sucker paul is a sucker for director video well, yeah. okay <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to go next because I watched one that you sort of didn't recommend, but recommended, Grim Cutty. I knew I, you'd like it. I knew you'd I, fucking like it. I thought it was fucking decent. All right, lads, can used to go used to go and watch that one so you can you can settle the debate because I thought it was shit. It's on but Disney Plus. I looked at your letterbox and I was like, oh, there you go. He likes it. It wasn't bad. I just thought it was enjoyable. It wasn't. You trashed it, but I thought like the the. The, the weird supernatural creepy character was pretty decent, but all right, it looked a bit 
farcical, but they always do. But the the tension and all the crap around it made for a decent horror, I thought. And there we go. Um, I also watched a couple of kiddies horror movies over the last couple of days. Um, The Curse of uh, Bridge Hollow stars one of the Wayan brothers and um, Erica. I'll get her name right this time. Erica from uh, uh, Strange Things. Not bad little uh, child's horror. Um, I also watched VHS 99 the whole way through. So I've watched all the segments. Very gritty, very grainy. And a nice little, um, yeah, nice little fucking attach. And it broke a load of records. I think like the the record on Shudder was originally VHS ninety five, and now it's for ninety nine in terms of them actually like watching it. And obviously we know we're getting another one, which is VHS eighty five or something like that. The biggest opener for for Shudder that they've ever had. It's fun, man. I mean, I, I know we had um, like Hail Ratma for the last one. But uh, this one's got some good one. It feels 90s. It feels like, um, you know, us wearing baggy pants in the fucking, like, 2000s, man. Fucking quality. Yeah, so, yeah. So, VHS 99, definitely recommend it. If you can get hold of it on Shudder, go watch it. They are just my favourite anthology series, man. They just seem to get it right. The next one, I think, has uh, director Scott Derrickson, who did um, Stranger, uh, Doctor Strange and stuff like that. So... Yeah, looking forward to that. All right, so who's next, Matt or Paul? Go on, Jordy, Paul, you go. Okay, so uh, Halloween with Children, part two. Last week was Nightmare Before Christmas. This week, it's Casper the fucking friendly ghost. How many, oh! times, how many times have you watched Nightmare Before Christmas so far? Seven. <laughs> Seven in two weeks now. Casper, <laughs> Casper twice. And I was never a fan of Casper to start off with, and I'm definitely not a fan of Casper now. So, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> In honour of Halloween. Hey, just I, put the Frighteners on and then they never watch anything like that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but then I'll get divorced. So, um, <laughs> oh, actually, that might be a good idea. Anyway, moving on. Um, I watched another Disney Plus special the other day called Matriarch. Anyone catch that one? No. Oh, this is this is the latest one I'm going to pan and you can go and watch, Paul. <laughs> um, it's got... I think she, it's, I think she was in Skins, right? And I remember her being in stuff from her childhood, right? Like teenage kids. I can't remember any. I think it's Gemma Roper. Um, you'll recognise her when you see her. She's definitely been in like kids stuff, but I, I think she was in Skins as well. And uh, Kate Dickey, who's obviously in The Witch and Give Us Oh, Rope. I saw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the the trailer. Um, yeah, I. It's got some really decent ideas in. But it was really slow. Some of the acting was appalling. In fact, most of the acting was appalling. And then it had some really cool like body horror in it as well. So I don't know if I wasn't as bad as Grim Cutty, but it was it wasn't great. But go and watch that. So I applauded it. I was obviously independent British cinema. So um it's quite uh cool to be on Disney Plus to be honest. But um yeah, it's worth worth checking out. Uh a TV show, uh I watched The Watcher. Mentioned it a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I've watched maybe um, 10 minutes of it. Yeah, um, so, again, based on a really creepy true story, which I was invested in a few years ago, um, completely just segues the true story and just goes off the deep end with the drama. But um, it's actually worth a watch. It's quite creepy in places. A uh, bit hammy in places, but, yeah, definitely worth catching. Um, I My homework was obviously Halloween Kills. 
And uh, sorry, Paul, I disagree with you, but I, I hated Halloween Kills. <laughs> I thought I I just it, all the all the returning it, I found it was nostalgia and you're talking to a massive fan of Cobra Kai here right so nostalgia done well is great but I just thought it was just nostalgia for the sake of doing nostalgia and it was I just thought it was a bit shit um yeah fucking hell man like what was it evil dies tonight yeah all right Jesus I didn't like the mob part of that movie so, yeah, yeah I just I yeah I it, it felt like a film that was out of ideas. Really, and just had to be made. But anyway, so I, I watched that, and then uh, the last thing I watched, which I'm surprised you didn't talk about, Mister Butcher. But have you, have you just caught uh, Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities? What? Sorry, I've, yeah, you're right. I didn't. Talk, I've watched the first episode, which was fucking incredible. Um, like mouth dropping. Like it was fucking good, man. I like I never thought of like a. I mean, I don't. Know, it's not spoilers, but it's like a horror. The fir- first segment is and it's very much like creep show because he introduced it at the start or like you know twilight zone it's very cool um but it's set in a storage locker and i don't think i've ever seen like a horror movie or anything like that set in a storage locker and it does uh, open I up i have so sorry uh, to spoil your uh go on is it, oh <laughs> is it storage 42 or something like that right that more one. of an alien film though so that was yeah that was a monster movie yeah so uh, this was very good though and it's yeah i recommend the first one i mean i know you're going to watch it matt you're not going to avoid i'm going to watch it tomorrow pt you're going to watch this i'll watch it absolutely cabinet cabinet of curiosities i'm four episodes in binged it and it's yeah every episode has made me go what the fuck in some (laughs) element right and some of it's downright nasty um and it's really like yeah horror real horror and I, do you know when i you know when you see trailers for this type of stuff and you think is it gonna be a bit light is it gonna be a bit airy fairy nah no 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 it's is 18 it, all the way it's 18 and it's 18 with a bullet my it one of the episodes sent my wife to bed she went i ain't watching this because i'm gonna have nightmares so bye so i was like okay well, that's no good worries. that's but, a seal of approval that's yeah, like. 100%. <laughs> yeah so um it's it's very good very very good every episode has been fantastic so I'm not going to spoil it, but great. And there's another two dropped today. I think it's like dropping in twos. So uh, another two dropped today, which I haven't watched, but yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think that was me. Yeah, that's all I watched. Good. Been busy. <clears throat> God knows where you guys find the time. But there you go. <laughs> I do I, not sleep. Yeah, I can say. Um, I have. I was lucky enough to go to cinema and I watched the um, 40th anniversary of Poltergeist. Nice. Which was which nice. was great. Four um, K, wasn't it? It was four K. Yeah, it's a four K restoration. Um, it's out to buy anyway, but I I saw it was playing, and obviously I never got to see it first time round. Obviously, when it was out in the eighties, but I thought, yeah, sod it, let's go and watch it. But the the good thing about it was, is that when I went through the doors, I wasn't expecting it to have as many people in there. There was probably about thirty thirty five people in there, and I was like, wow. And it was it was such a buzz because people were like laughing at bits that are funny because it's quite generally funny film and then there's a lot of people like just kind of like making noise not you know talking but like gasping at bits and stuff it was really cool to see with an audience i really enjoyed that it's a classic horror i love it i absolutely love it it's one of my favorites um really really cool 
Um, so yeah, that was that was a treat. And then I finally got to see Werewolf by Night. Okay, um, what do you think? Uh, have you Paul? Uh, PT, have you seen this? Seen this yet? I've not seen it. No. Disney okay, Plus. No! I, won't, I won't spoil it. <laughs> Disney Plus one shot. Um, fifty-five minutes. Um, it's their sort of like Universal Monsters almost. Um, they they did like a comic book run of like um in the seventies of like horror characters. It's got it's been bigged up because it's got like man thing in it, which is like Spoilers. a big deal. Um, <laughs> I'm watching now, Paul. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking honestly, it's black and white, and it's really good fun. Really good fun. It sounds like I'm missing a trick with Disney Plus because I only watch it for um. Pixar, Hannah Montana, and Taylor Swift, but I didn't realise that we've got a lot of um, quality Mate, horror on there as well. The adult stuff that's coming out from like is 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 pretty decent, man. Like Fresh is really good. The the one with um, Sebastian Stan in it, um, that's a, that's a pretty decent horror. Um, but yeah, Werewolf by Night, these Marvel one shots that they're they're sort of doing, they've been able to del- dive into characters which they wouldn't normally be able to do. It's fucking good, man. Matt, sorry, really did... good TV series on there, yeah. and it's it's serial killery type of thing called under the banner of heaven uh, it stars andrew garfield and it's all about like the mormon community and it is freaky as fuck so definitely worth checking that out the cast really really good enough it's like wyatt russell sam worthy dizzy with dizzy edgar jones is it from normal people they, and, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that's really worth checking out on disney plus man and then it's got all the fox horror stuff like we did the omen like it's got all the Omen films on, all the Alien films, Predator films, all that stuff. Oh, I need yeah. to have a look through this. I've missed this. Yeah, yeah, just click on Stars. It'll give you all the adult stuff. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Werewolf, I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, so that was really cool. I watched the first part of VHS, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but I've only watched that, but I will watch the rest. <clears throat> Not horror, but I watched Clerks 3. Fucking loved it. Thought yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, um, I watched I watched Clerks Free. I did cry like a little baby. So yeah. yeah, I was I was there's several points that I was uh, holding back the tears on that one. And other than that, not really film related, but uh, obviously me and Butch had a little bit of a a trip on Sunday, which was interesting to say the least. You bastards! <laughs> Ooh. So Paul's holding up a picture of Art the Clown, where he, he, we met the director, um, Damien Leone, and he basically having a little chat to us, didn't he? Which was cool, really nice but guy. we had to get through treacherous weather to get there. Oh my like, fucking literally word. Literally dying five Apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. And we, like, literally that storm followed us from fucking uh, Cheltenham all the way up to Manchester. It was fucking nuts. Riding the storm, mate. It was like that film, was it? Perfect storm. <laughs> Have you watched Terrifier 2 in the cinema again? No, no again. we only got to see, we got to see it, I mean, we in the Fright Fest. I haven't seen it since. So, but what I've was got... this event on in Manchester? Just a signing. So basically, what it is is like a big horror convention. So it's a bit oh, like great. like MCM and stuff like that, but it's solely just for horror. So it's just loads of horror guests there. David Arquette was there. Uh, Neil Marshall. I met Neil Marshall there. Um, who Zach did... Gilligan. Zach Gilligan's there. They had all they had all the cast from uh, Dream Warriors. Um, they, well, they had most the... of them. Yeah, most of them. They're the weird guy, the who played um, Jason, um, the sort of kid, first that Paul, the first Jason that pulls the girl out of the uh, boat. He was there. Fright Night. There's a couple of Fright Nighters there. Daniel Scott, Scott Taylor Compton, um, David Norton from girls. American Werewolf in London. Nice. Corey Taylor from Slipknot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's with, really... with or without the mask. Without. 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 
yeah, he, he was doing sync. He did a band night, I think, on the Friday. It's it's awesome. I think it's almost sold out for next year without even announcing any guests. Uh, um, I think they've sold four thousand tickets so yeah. far. It's but a, I mean, we we went on the intention they had a lot of guests, um, like Felicia Rose. They had um, Heather Drake, Camp. Richard Sorry? Dreyfus was supposed to be Richard there. Richard Dreyfus was supposed to be there, yeah. And but the but but unfortunately, oh, Tom Savini was supposed to be there, but they all cancelled one by one by one. But it was nice to go, wasn't it? We had a bit of a fun, bit of a fun time. Took some photos uh, with some uh, thing props and uh, well, uh, American Wealth in London props place. Bought some merch, didn't we? Met some Bought met um, some really really nice people on the merch desk and stuff like that. Mm. There was the, it was nice to just chat with people. We obviously hand out a few cards for the podcast, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay. It was good fun. We spent all of about three and a half hours there and then came back. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Was it Gibson Graphics, the chap that we spoke to for quite a long time? That was a weird one, wasn't it? Because like basically he, um, we got chatting to him because he had some cool like art prints he was selling. And I bought a Summer Pie Massacre print. And um, it's weird because we just got talk- talking to him and ended up him being worked on... Um, um, What's it called, Paul? Oh, he worked on um, uh, Eating Miss Campbell. That's it. He was the yeah. art director on Eating Miss Campbell. And he'd also been up to see uh, Terrified 2 at Andy's Cinema, the Bijou, the Bijou in Southport. So it's like fucking like, you know, d- d- with degrees of separation. It's like so, so fucking cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, I went to a film festival. Like, and we were like, our friends own that. Literally. It's just crazy. Such a small world. But, yeah, it's nice to... Uh, meet up with him and have a quick chat wasn't it so that yeah, was really man. really cool he's a real nice chap um yeah so that, for the love of horror you know if anyone I mean, they've got the for the love of sci-fi sci-fi this december but one thing i will say that was crazy is that when we went up to the director of terrifier 2 like we looked at the cues and we thought is he signing because he's got no cue and then the dude that plays art the clown had the biggest cue and we're like Maybe, maybe he's going for lunch or going for a break. That's why he's got no cue. So we walked up to him. He's like, no, I've got no cue. And um, Paul <laughs> Butch asked, and I was like, oh, Christ. Why haven't you got a cue like him? <laughs> like, Not really the kind of question you ask. Uh, I would have been right. tempted to say, um, is the cue for Art the Clown too long like your film? <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Well, then, Matt, um, Matt did ask him like, if there was any more on the Blu-ray. <laughs> I was like, did, no, I said to him, like, when you did cut, you know, when you did cut the film. Oh, did he? Did he cut the film? In. Pardon? Did he cut the film? No, it's very left, little. Um, he left everything, everything. everything in there. Because I was like, did you go too far? And he's like, yep, yeah, but we kept it all in. <laughs> like, and anyway, his answer to the cue thing was, well, everybody wants to meet the monster, not the creator. So, but he had a few oh, queued up. Not us. I want to meet the creator all day. All day. Yeah. <laughs> so when's he coming on the podcast then hopefully very soon we've got we gave him a card obviously <laughs> i reckon he'll be up for it yeah i got... did find it odd though how so many people were saying that terrifier 2 is too long because actually i didn't find it too long and if you come outside of horror seeing a film for two hours 15 two hours 20 is quite normal so horror fans are saying 90 minutes but why does a horror film need to be 90 minutes it wasn't boring for me it was brilliant every single minute was fun so mm. I don't actually, despite my joke, think it was too long at all. But no. that's what um, 
the horror groups are saying. I mean, I thought I, I was a bit up my own nose when I was reluctant to go and watch Midsummer because of the runtime. Uh, I remember saying to Matt, I said, I just can't fucking do it. I said, Hereditary was good. It was okay. Uh, I kind of want to see this movie. But then like, I think you really convinced me to go and watch yeah, it. And yeah. then it was the best thing I've ever fucking done. That movie mm. was... Yeah, so the run times don't... I mean, come on. We sit three hours through bloody Marvel movies. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I couldn't do too much. I haven't watched it yet, but I bought Midsummer on DVD last week, the director's cut, which has got another 25 or 30 minutes. So I'm looking forward to watching cut. that. The director's cut. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. every minute. I need it's to watch that because I love that film so much. <laughs> oh, so good. The bits that are in there as well. It doesn't. Yeah, they're they're, they're worth you being in there. They're worth you rewatching. Definitely. Definitely. Hundred percent. Cool. Yep. Should we? So, fuck me. Have you watched anything else, dude? <laughs> no, I think that's everything. All right. Well, let's get on to some bloody news then. Um, Paul Stevens, I will let you go first. I haven't got very little guys. I actually did a bit of scouring as well, but and I couldn't really find much. My usual sources have let me down, but so I will just get in here and say this massive, obviously, friend of the podcast, Mr. John from Alicat Graphics, has just dropped a stonking pin um, based on the film X, and it is brilliant. It's beautiful and scary, and all things that are great from Alicat Graphics. So please check that out. And also, a little while ago, but it's probably my favorite thing actually of, he's done to me is a print of it's basically a mashup between alien and full metal jacket and it's like the alien xenomorph coming out of a helmet a colonial marines helmet it is amazing so please guys check that out online alicat graphics he's on instagram and he's on um all wherever you buy your pins from so yeah. please check them out if you Fantastic. haven't bought anything from him then i don't know what's going on he's added more blood to that poster as well hasn't he that's what yeah. he did yeah, it's it's so cool. It is so cool. I'll I'll definitely be getting one. So yeah, that was all my news. All right, I got Valak returns in the Nun Two <clears throat> from director Michael Chavins, who did Curse of Lorona, Bad Country, and The Devil Made Us Do It. Um, we've got a couple of like cast announcement announcements: Catherine Rose Downey from Clean Sweep and Anne Popplewell from the Chronicles of Narnia franchise. Um, it's obviously being produced by James Wan, and it will be in our cinemas September the 8th, 2023. Bring it on. So, yeah, I was on the internet, and I basically saw this trailer um, for a film called um, Gale, Stay Away from Oz. And I was like, I saw the trailer, and the premise of the trailer is that it's an out-and-out horror film, but it's it shows kind of this girl and what you think is like her grandma um, and this horror shit going around it. And then you find out that the grandma is actually Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Um, I I don't want to really say anything, but you need to go and check this trailer out because I I think, I don't think it's a real movie. I don't know if it's fan made or anything, but the trailer is fucking awesome. And it looks like a real out and out horror version of uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, But yeah, it's called Gale Stay Away from Oz. Um, Go and check it out on YouTube because the trailer looks fucking immense. Well, the Wizard of Oz is one of the scariest films ever made, so fucking hell. Yeah. Wow. Like, this is a proper jump scare movie. It's, it's Return like, of Oz, so maybe. Yeah, Return to Oz, Oz is terrifying. Fucking even worse. Right, well, the next one I've got is just the news from uh, VHS 99 that we talked about earlier. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, well, there's two things that are out at the moment that are worth going checking out. Um, both on sci-fi, I think. American Horror Story New York City 
is out at the moment. I'm not sure where you can get it in England. I imagine it would be on Sci-Fi Channel. Chucky, however, season two is on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, I would be trying to watch that because that's the first season that was fucking ace. And they are bringing up all the all the uh, back catalogue of characters. So definitely please go watch season two. I think, is that all the news we've got? Um, I've got one last little bit. It's just um, a quick bit about <clears throat> prop store. Um, I'm having a massive auction next month. <clears throat> and I just wanted to run down a few bits that they're selling, man. It's fucking crazy. So they've got um, the Lost Boys. They've got um, Keeper Sullivan's wig, earrings and coat and trousers. And apparently they reckon that's going to go from 30 grand to 50 grand between that kind of ballpark figure. But they've got some cool stuff on there, man. Reanimator. They've got the severed head from Reanimator. 20 mm. to 30 grand. Can we pull off? Paul R. Savings. Nightmare, <laughs> Nightmare on Arm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Freddy Krueger's uh, Fedora. They reckon it's going to go uh, 15 to 25 grand. I reckon it probably be more. And they've got Hellraiser um, is basically some prosthetics from um, Hellraiser, 12 to 16 grand. Yeah, fucking crazy. But do not pull your savings because there's an episode of The Simpsons where they all chip in to buy the first edition of Radioactive Man, and it's ah. just they all fall out. They they do make friends again, I think, for the continuity, but it doesn't go well. So <laughs> you all seem to get on well. Don't fall down that path. Well, I heard somebody told me, and I don't think it was you, Matt, that in the continuity at the moment, uh, Carl is now a figment of Lenny's imagination. <laughs> Has been all along. <laughs> That's Carl, never... isn't it? Yeah, Carl never existed and was a figment of Lenny's uh, Lenny's imagination for like, what, 30, 40 years or whatever long. So really, I'm sure that's not, you know, I'm sure everyone that has been going through episodes picking on that. Or is it the other way around? Carl, that Lenny is a figment of Carl's imagination. I think it's Lenny that's the figment. So, Are you thinking yeah. of, of Mice and Men? No, I'm thinking of <laughs> Simpsons. So just look it up, man. Look it up, honestly. Maybe new... Butch is a figment of our imagination. <laughs> I wish for that every night. Gosh. PT, you got any uh, news or just like uh, didn't, we didn't ask you to bring any news? So. No news from me. No, sorry. That's fine. Um, you are my news. So before we move on, guys, can because we, I don't think we mentioned it, um, but congratulations to Stuart, <laughs> Lindsay and all the crew for uh, How to Kill Monsters got successfully kickstarted. So uh I'm quite yes. looking forward to seeing my name on the credits, but uh, well done, and uh, I see that very soon. Haven't done my credit list, but I will oh, find Paul draw one last breath horror podcast butcher. <laughs> that's that's my. Have you, have you done yours, Jordy Paul? No, I didn't realise I had to. So I best got that, but I am going to go Jordy Paul. <laughs> oh, you fucker! <laughs> um, yeah. Or that's... Lindsay, you look like my wife. <laughs> so which one did you guys go for <laughs> in the end? Oh, you, you're you're an arsehole because you made me up mine because I had me? standard Blu-ray and then you're like, oh yeah, but the fucking T-shirt and blah blah blah, and I was like, so I upped it to the T-shirt package. I think I think it was a sixty-pound bundle. I think. Oh mate, I went. I think I went higher than that. Yeah, you went the game, didn't you? No, uh, did I go for the game? No, the game was one hundred and twenty quid. And I was so tempted, but no, I, I was happy with what I've contributed to the effort. 
no congratulations <laughs> guys I, i'm yeah. well well happy for you smashed it all right cool well let's move on to our main review come on let's go So this week's main review, we have all been to the cinema um, and we have went to see the concluding part of the new Halloween trilogy. Halloween ends. Is it the last Halloween film ever? Who knows? But uh, yeah, so a quick rundown. Four years after the devastating events of losing her daughter, Laurie Strode is now living with her granddaughter and without Michael Myers. But when a young man accidentally murders the boy he was babysitting, the town of Haddonfield begins to look down upon him. So he tracks down and gets guidance from the ship. Da, da, da. Do they well, look down guys. upon him? <laughs> what do we think? I mean, I'm a big thumbs up for it. Like, not a mass, okay, not a massive thumbs up, but like a decent thumbs up for it. I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the fucking start, definitely. That opening sequence, it didn't feel very Halloween, but then the rest of it sort of went in there. Production was quality, it had that grainy Halloween feel, much more than the um, Halloween kills, definitely. Then you you went down this rabbit hole of this other storyline, which I won't spoil just yet, which kind of worked for me. Um, I like the relationships that were built through the movie. Was it really seasons of the, you know, more season of the witch than uh, a Halloween movie? Not really sure because you didn't really have much Michael Myers in it. Um, Don't even compare it to that film. Thank you very much. But on a whole, as a movie, forgetting that it's Halloween, not fucking bad for me. On a hit. I want to hear from PT. Yeah. And um, Michael Myers had more screen time in this film than in the 1978 Halloween, um, <laughs> apparently. So that, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. I am not a fan of what the Americans call franchise series. I get overwhelmed by them. There's too many Freddy films. There's too many Halloween films. There's too many Chucky films. There's too many. So I'm watching this as a standalone the film now if all of the people who are hating on the latest halloween were watching this not as part of the franchise but as a one-off high budget film everybody would be loving it now there would be nothing more boring than having an hour and three quarters of michael myers going around killing people and then the town trying to round him up they had to do something different with this but not too different and i think they succeeded it was brilliant so i watched this as not is this a good Halloween film, but is this a good horror film? And it was. It was great. It was really good. The storylines were good. The action was good. It was just a solid, I get three and a half out of five. It was a solid, entertaining horror film that avoided the trap of being yet another stab fest for the whole thing. Beautiful and Beautiful cracking step. ending as well. Cracking ending. It was brilliant. I don't know if you're going to talk about it or not. but the um, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in a bit. Matt? 
No, Jordy Poy. That's that beautiful thing. What Paul just said. <laughs> Jordy Poy, you go. Um, still, right. For all week, I've been undecided. I watched this last a week last Tuesday, and all week I've been turning and from whether I actually really enjoyed it or really didn't like it or really enjoyed it. It's put me in some sort of strange, like, parallel dimension where I'm just at a loss. There were bits of it I fucking loved. Paul, you, you t- touched on the start. That that is one of the best starts to a horror film I've seen in a long, long time. Fucking hell! I mean, didn't expect that, and boom! I can still hear the sound of the bleeding wood floor. I and I applaud them, like PT said, was it for doing something different? Because you just don't want to watch, rewatch the Halloween. You might as well just watch the classic over and over again if that's what you're into. Um, so I applaud for them for doing something different. I just thought the way they got there was a bit fucking weird and i'm sure we'll talk about it i just thought it was a bit silly to get to where it wanted to go and i know it's a horror film but i just thought it was very very silly in places but then i loved other bits of it so it's really i'm on the fence this is why i really want to talk about it because it's my score for this film is going to be informed from this chat because i just can't make my mind up on it so matt (laughs) yeah i mean look Personally, I didn't enjoy it much. Did we need this? Probably not. Was it the best ending that it could have had? Doubt it. For me, I just, some of the acting in it, I just thought it was a bit unbelievable. I'll get onto that in a bit. Um, I loved the opening scene. I thought, fucking hell, here we go. I literally thought, now this is where it's at. This is like jaw dropping. I was like, that scene was amazing. And there is other scenes in this movie that I think is, is is really good like they the way they <clears throat> did some of the kills and stuff is really interesting and good however like Jordy paul said i just the storyline was just a bit too far-fetched for me i mean i know it's, it's, it's you know it's made up and whatever but i just i'm not going to hate on it because i'm not the biggest halloween fan in the world i love the first one i love it i love you know i love the second one I thought was great. The third one is amazing. But like literally, I don't know if I needed this. It's just like I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into it. So let's but, get into it then. Let's fucking yeah. talk about the opening sequence <laughs> for a start. Yeah. That so was you have Corey, don't you? And it, and it it didn't sit right because immediately I was like, fucking hell, this is like proper rock and roll music and uh you know, I, I knew there's going to be some kind of weird introduction, but it fucking took me completely by surprise. I mean, that sound I still hear in it when the little kid is fucking hit the floor, man. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you have Corey, who's like the main character throughout the film, who uh, he's coming to babysit this kid who is a little fucking shit, by the way. But he comes in to babysit the kid and... um he's all set up to have a successful life he's gone to college he's like an honor student blah 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 blah. and then this kid just winds him up i mean coolest babysitter in the world on one hand lets you watch the thing when you're like six year old or seven year old but then yeah what happens after that obviously he winds him up thinks he's been killed and then lock he gets gets himself locked in the attic and then bursts open the door and then obviously the little man falls through over the banister and splat oh kind of deserved it though 
Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. The shit deserved it. <laughs> but the way it was shot, I mean, the way it was shot and the actual effect of him hitting the gra- hitting the wooden floor and actually like springing essentially back up as well. Oh my god. And like as as a dad as well, Jesus, it just sent ripples through us. It, and I was like, wow. And like Matt says at the start, I was like, fuck me. I'm well, the, well, all into this. I am all into this. It's funny because they kind of foreshadow it and like quite a lot when they come in the house. Obviously, she's looking up and you can see how fucking high it is. And you're thinking, oh, you know, later on, Michael's probably going to pop his head down there and look down or something like that. There's definitely something here. There's like a lot of foreshadowing in this film. There was fucking loads of it. Loads of it. But yeah, great opener. Even starting with a male babysitter was odd. I'm struggling to think of another film with a male babysitter. I know. And I I was a male babysitter, so I, I did relate. Stranger so. Things, Steve. <laughs> Steve, yeah. Steve from Stranger Things, he's a babysitter. Honorary babysitter. But I don't know, like, for the rest of it, like, obviously you get the cool little intro. I love that Halloween intro of the pumpkins. Bit different, obviously, because they, you know, it was CGI and they didn't use a real pumpkin melting, but fine, whatever, it's modern. Um, but then the rest of it, like, back to Laurie Strode, back to, you know, her granddaughter's alive. Um, it's a it's a tale of like re, you know writing a book and narrating sort of thing throughout it. Um, what did you think about? I don't know. I mean, there was a couple of squiffy bits. So Michael Myers has been what? It's been four years on since the Mob Rules movie. He was beaten to fucking shit at the end of that movie, wasn't he? Burnt as well, something like that. And he still well, still had the energy to fucking finish off her daughter though, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> But he's been living down a fucking like literally sewer like a teenage mutant ninja turtle for four years. <laughs> Who knew? Did that annoy you? Yeah, it did annoy me. Four years of just living in a fucking sewer. Doing what? So there's a but there's the prop they set their own problem up with Michael Myers. So rather than in the first ever Halloween film, right, he's just mental. He's just a killer, right? Escaping from oh, oh, and just stalking his own town. But as they've added like films and lore and all this type of stuff, it overcomplicates the situation. So at the end of Halloween Kills, they decide that all he ever wants to be is home. You know, that whole standing out looking at the street and then he kills our daughter and then he's just looking out at the street. All he ever wanted to do was go home. They worked that out. Oh, he just wants to be home. And then this film, where's he? What? He's just disappeared for four years. Doesn't want to be home anymore. Do you oh, know what I mean? You, oh, you've sorry. backed yourself into a corner. You want that, it to make sense? Well, no, I think you're, no, in, the wrong, what, I think it, you're in the wrong game. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. Like, it can be as batshit as you want to make it. But this is the problem, I think, by, I suppose it's it's agreeing with Matt at the point where it doesn't need to be a Halloween film. What Peter said, if you, if you look at it as a straight film, that's fine. But yes, they have. They've committed to three films. They have to. They have to, to shoehorn them in somewhere. Um, let me ask. Let me stop you there. Sorry to stop you, but let me ask you a quick question, right? If Michael Myers was not in this movie, and they just made it a horror movie where, um, Corey was wronged and he progressively gets worse through it and then becomes the killer, do you think having? Do you think having that would that make any? Would that make any difference? I think it would have made yeah. it a better film if Michael Myers wasn't in the film. Uh, it, they made such a deal about how Michael Myers is now inferred and he's changed the whole place and changed the whole, his spectre looms over. I, they could have pretended it was Michael Myers, but actually not being Michael Myers. Now, what they could have done, Jordy Paul, is just started off, right, just where they left off, 
Laurie comes in. She kills Michael Myers. He kills her. Right? So they're both dead. And then, then it just literally goes into where Halloween 3, Season the Witch storyline comes in. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for that. I thought about that. As they well. do this, the second season of The Witch. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved them to pull the rug out of, from under our, uh, and just go and fuck, you know, Michael Myers is not in this. There's a new, there's a sort of like ode to it and just go and, and bring out the master then. Just fuck us all over, man. I'd have loved that. Um, I kind of didn't need, I didn't need some of it admittedly i didn't need i thought the i got i mean i don't want to jump ahead but the fucking the 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 fight scene at the end was weak that was pretty pretty weak between like the you know the sort of crescendo but like the the bits in between like his his sort of demise from the bullying uh to finding the sort of relationship is sort of it's a classic it is classically classic story and well told um but too fast there's all it all happens so fast. It's like yeah. find, she finds this connection in him. Literally overnight, they've got this connection, and then literally overnight, he turns and he's just like, "I don't, I didn't buy their relationship." But he, he did not have to put any work in for that relationship, did he? I have never seen a pretty girl fall into a weird guy's lap so quickly <laughs> and so easily. He put zero effort in. She just appeared just to opening a cut and cleaning out the glass in his hand. It was like a magic spell. She fell in love with him. It was preposterous. Yeah, the two lines, the two, one of the two lines, I've just killed somebody, right? Now I know it then goes into, oh, well, I mean the kid. I don't mean who the person I've actually just killed. But I've just killed somebody, right? Is it? And she goes, oh, all right, okay, no worries. Dark and then the second one. People love dark and mysterious. Women like dark a bad and mysterious boy. Yeah. and psychotic are two different things, Paul. And the second, I don't know what's happening to me. And you just like, hang on, your mum was killed by a notorious serial killer, right? And you're suddenly welcoming this kid into your house or into your bed, or into your life and becoming so infatuated with them so quickly for nothing. And that's what that that's the silliness of it. And it, it needed to get somewhere and it needed to deal with his transformation 100 percent. But shoehorning oh. this relationship in was just crackers. And know, the, I, the speed I, at which she turned against her grandmother. And then the speed in which she turned back for her grandmother was just, it was I very bought, it bought, heavy-handed. I in. Like, I bought, it, it, it sold me. I did think <laughs> there was a good, I think there was a good uh, Grease 2 reference as well, almost. I felt like at a moment when he was getting, get, when he got the bike, there was almost like a cool, I was hearing, cool rider. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. That's Grease 2. But yeah, I don't know. I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, but again, you got to suspend your disbelief, and I thought I could, and it just got me. I don't know. I liked it. I couldn't. I, liked I couldn't it. do it. I couldn't. I went in there with low expectations. I left. I did, I can't leave things like at the door. I just can't. I maybe it's because since we've done the podcast, I look into it more. I don't know. I just, yeah. I got it. Got me. I kind of was in. I was into it. I know I was into it because I was. I felt, not, I felt like I some... was ignoring all the usual stuff that we do when I'm watching the horror movie. I was just watching it and not re- and just like enjoying it. So uh, did for you me, not work? Do you not think they just shoehorned in kills like the the radio station thing? Admittedly, I fucking loved that kill. I thought it was brilliant. The special effects, amazing. Yes, Absolutely amazing. The kill was great, but they just it's just like that. Oh fuck, shit. We need some more kills. It's almost like they've gone, uh, they've seen the finished product and gone, we need a couple more kills in here, guys. So 
So they've gone back and they've done, let's do the radio scene or let's do the fucking doctor at the pool scene with his, with the, the young, really young nurse. Yeah, I like that. I like that. There was I'm not like saying it's bad. I think it seems like good. It just doesn't fit in properly. Him and him and Michael's a sort of buddy comedy, you know. That's what I mean. Up. Like the team up, the team yeah. up. What, what? What were the reasons for the team up? up? Exactly. What were the reasons? Because he saw himself in him. Is that? Is that? Eh. This is a question I want to ask you, actually. So, all right. So, why did he not kill Cory? I can see that, it in your eyes. I can't. I can't answer that. I think that's that. Was, I'm just. I, call, I just. I call bullshit. I, I call bullshit on that. Like it's like because if he came up against like someone like Jason, we've always been led to believe that they would fight it out. And Jason's the sort of same scenario. Just because you meet another psycho, what you see something in that you're not going to do. But I call bullshit on that. He would definitely. My, the Michael Myers that we knew would have just fucking twisted his head off and thrown it down the fucking well so but that yeah but that's the uh, thing why did why did like I'd, i think they got a bit preoccupied with this climactic fight with laurie strode I, I, they should have just not had michael myers in it he, he could have been hallucinating michael myers and then this whole presence of him affecting everybody around him because that was what it was alluding to she even mentioned it in the voiceovers saying that he haunts the town like you know what i mean and no one's seen him but he's still here and there's a presence and you have to get over it type of thing but actually yeah that they met they, that would have made i would I'd, i'll all admit that would have made for a better movie on a whole but what we got and this was it was just because they wanted to show michael and they wanted to once and for all and if they have you know they don't because they can't i don't know why they do this so why do they go oh we're, we're going to kill him in a way that he can never come back he'll come we, back of course they can the come reason back. he didn't kill cory was because the whole town hates michael myers and the whole town hates Corian for the first time Michael Myers has met somebody who the town hates as much as he maybe as but how does he, he know hated. this unless he reads the papers he maybe gets them delivered <laughs> down to his little sewer he's maybe the crazy Twitter. hobo told him he's on Twitter his little tramp mate probably like feeds him lines you know he's seen the TikToks but you know there was some good like you said there was some good like taking a plot aside <laughs> All right, the plot holes aside um, but like the special effects were fucking brilliant. Like they're really, really spot on. Some of the kills again. Do you know? Um, we got more probably in this one than we did in the last one. I know we raved about that like um, head stomp, but in this one, like the with the kid at the beginning, the DJ was fucking good. Um, the the, the welding the whole, flame the whole, to the face. That whole scene um, with the the bullying teenagers, I thought was great. Yeah, he got the welder torch out and just basically put it in his mouth. That was very good. It was obviously done off focus as well, so it was it was great. That bit. Yeah, it, the big disappointment for me out of the whole one, the whole thing was the which I didn't need, and maybe this is a plot hole as well because, like we said, we maybe we didn't need Michael in the fucking movie in the first place. But like that scene between him and Laurie was very weak. She didn't get her ass kicked, and he didn't get his ass kicked. I thought as much. As How old is Michael Myers? Same, I'd say the same age as Laurie. Maybe even a bit older. Maybe. So I mean, he's. He, I mean, he is older. So are we saying you know, that, that's why he's not putting up a fight? It's been four years. Are we saying that he is in this one, in this franchise, supposedly from what you know, from the original to these three? Are we saying that he is not supernatural? And no. he's just a person. No, I would but say he's hits, not. 
but it hints at supernatural because when he kills, who does he kill? He kills the cop, the policeman, that that yeah. ex-boyfriend in that sewer, and then he does this like shaky thing as if it's given him some strength because he's killed somebody. <laughs> yeah. So All it right. hints at that without really. That's the thing. That's where it became just a bit daft. When I'll tell it you what. To be daft. It, it earns a point from me. And this point goes, there's one shot I fucking loved when Laurie pulls the knife out and you see his face in the knife. Yes. I love that shot. That was beautiful. That was like a big nod. Um, I love that. Um, That bit. But then that's where it got progressively worse. It was just like, oh, we're going to put him on the top of the car car like a fucking stag we just killed and drive. It didn't need that. I feel like they played around with the sort of curse of michael myers if you want in a in haydenfield town you know too much in the in the probably what 13 14 movies that they've done i can't even remember how many it is i think they play like whereas jason is sort of just a cunt he's just like after a while they just said right i'm just you know he's just going to go around killing people however which way but loose michael myers they sort of kept him as quite a a simpleton throughout um so he's basically got mental health issues that's what they sort of alluding to um so at the end of it when she really? stuffs, well you know i just feel that i just feel like they've killed someone with mental health issues bad probably could have dealt with him better the system's broken it's obvious he's got mental <laughs> problems isn't it? yeah he's got a mental illness they should have you know should have done better have but like um i don't know that's where the sort of two franchises differ for me and i think that's why the michael Myers sort of the halloween will weaken um whereas i feel like with friday the 13th you can just who gives a fuck just come around and they don't do it and then, you know we do another one but like um just stick a load of kids who are fucking and then just get somebody to kill them you know that works yeah you know, i suppose but we see I'm, i get what it's doing it's trying to be different we don't want to see all that again we don't want to see maybe people don't some people do some people don't um but there's just got to be a point where i go right this is done <laughs> let's I'll move tell you on what they create something else I'm, i think I'm not, no, I'm no director and no big fucking story writer or whatever, but I would have loved it if she threw him into that incinerator and on the way through he just fucking grabbed her ankle and dragged her in with him. <laughs> that would have been fucking perfect. I think that I think they bottled it. I think Laurie should have died. I yeah. think the whole thing should have been. I, I genuinely they should have at least died together. Yeah, but then I was like, I could, I was like, right, yeah, scene stops, ends, brilliant, cool. Then it's like, I don't know, like four months later and uh, Alison is pregnant. And right. When you start over that, again, I thought that would be inevitable. But the, and I reckon that was on the I reckon that was on the writer's table. That was definitely discussed. If she comes back pregnant in the next one. Like, fuck me. Well, we'll see. But yeah, there you go. Not bad. Um quite an aggressive conversation i'd say the only thing that would have made this film bad if tom atkins showed up sorry <laughs> there i said it done <laughs> all right cool all right that's halloween ends the franchise ends what does it what does it yeah i did um, i did read an article Russian. david Gr- gordon green is it the director yeah. Apparently they shot, uh, um, or this was in the script, sorry, they never actually shot it, but apparently they uh, were supposed to do a shot where there was a kill inside of the, you know, the mask factory from Season of the Witch. Oh. 
that actually, so apparently it was going to like spew the masks out on a conveyor belt from Season of the Witch, and then all of a sudden it would start spewing Michael Myers' uh, masks that, that out. Would have got oh, that would have been awesome. Nine out of ten for me. Yeah, and apparently there's like the finale was based around that, but for whatever reason it just never got shot. But apparently he said it was in every version of the script, but they just didn't do it. And I was sat there going, what the fuck did you do that for? That's <laughs> a shame. That's a shame. That is a real shame. Never mind. That clock in the masks factory, <clears throat> they couldn't make the masks. Yeah. It's a man for masks. Halloween coming up. Yeah. It's not easy to order 100,000 masks at short notice. <laughs> we can't ship them because raw mail's on strike. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's rate this bad boy. Let's go to the guest, PT. Um, I gave it on Letterbox three and a half out of five. Or did I give it four out of five? Let me check. Three and a half out of five. Yeah, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. God seven bridge. out of ten for me. God seven bridge. out of ten for me as well. Um, you know, not massive, but I kind of, I did dig it. I did follow it, and I did <gasps> enjoy the special effects. I did enjoy the production. Um, I did enjoy the classic nature of it. Um, I didn't mind it. So, so yeah, seven out of ten for me. Jordy Paul. Yeah, I'll agree. I, I've been tossing and turning between six and seven for a week, so we'll we'll go on the positive side. Like I said, applaud it for being for do for trying something different because you know they could have quite easily just went down the hall have them stalking people again and uh as, like i said the first five ten minutes of it were fucking tremendous so yeah seven out of ten for me after actually having this conversation i'd say i think coming into this i was at a, probably a four maybe five out of ten but having a conversation actually listening to everybody's you know especially pt when you at the start you actually made me think about that more. So I think I'd say it's a six, six out of ten for me. But, you know, we'll put it at a seven just so, right. to shut you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. It, would be, it would be a six from me. So I gave it, I think I gave it two and a half stars. So it's a recommendation. <laughs> it's a watch. It's a recommendation. So definitely. Halloween ends. Seven out of ten. We've got to take our $20 million horror films however we can get them, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> A Blumhouse treat. Right. Yeah. Moving on to next episode, we will be looking to watch Pray for the Devil. Looking forward to that one. That's going to probably, I'm going to have to bring my pillow to stick over my face for most of that movie, probably. That's that's <laughs> that's another paranormal activity. I think we're going to be holding hands in that one, Matt, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. They really, they really get me. So, yeah, looking forward to being scared out of my mind. Cool. Right then. Without further ado, let's move on to our something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Right, this episode, some screen about we have got a lovely guest on. Have you already heard him speak absolutely lyrically about um, Halloween ends? Uh, Paul Thomas is uh, is listened to the podcast. He's a, he's a he's one of the listeners, but he's also a friend. You know, I I, I, I worked with Paul um, about sixteen, seventeen years ago in Cardiff um, at the lovely Barisa Jonglers. It was um, lovely, wasn't it, in all ways? <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, lots of fun. We had lots of fun there. Um, but he did recently get back in touch um, about when st- we started talking about movies. He started listening to the pod and just talking about horror shit. And it's great. 
you know have someone that sort of you lost touch with for a while that's come back and sort of just like started talking shit like we usually do um so that was really cool and meeting up with you again in uh, london was fantastic few beers lots of movies it was cracking fun so yeah welcome mr paul thomas how are you doing you all right i'm doing great thank you for inviting me on and yeah it was great to meet you again and see you all at fright fest which was just brilliant it was so much fun there wasn't it it was it was good just chat, chatting around the uh in the in the pub around the table yeah great I'm still, someone I'm so still like very sad i'm still got i've got fright fest withdrawal symptoms still <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like we do with all guests paul we're going to probably hit you with the first question and we'll ask you what your first memory of horror was so the first horror films that i would have seen um i think would have been gremlins and ghostbusters as a young child um but my first memory of horror where it really got me was as a young teenager watching Candyman. that was the first time that i was chilled by a horror film i remember being unwilling to say Candyman into the mirror at home after watching that film even knowing full well that it's just a work of fiction it scared me and it was a beautiful feeling being scared by that film that is what is my first memory of horror is what and a film obviously the very attractive uh virginia was it Todd. <laughs> toby Todd. <laughs> 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 yeah have you seen the um remake i'm going to watch it not i haven't re- watched well, not, it yet sorry sorry not remake it's just a follow-on really. requel. requel is that the word we use now it's amazing good it's very good so that's cool Candyman is a good uh great introduction as a teenager good horror movie and um, we've done it for the pod um what about the first thing that actually scared you was would you know well Blair, Blair Witch in 1999 at the cinema. I am so happy now as a massive horror fan, knowing that I went to watch Blair Witch at the cinema. Absolutely life-changing in terms of viewing film. It is just perfect. I know it's criticised now. I know it's dated. I know it's been copied. But we need to see it at the time it was, when going to see the film with limited information, all of the rumours going round. Is this real? Is this not real? Is there some truth to this? I still remember age 18. I'm 41 now. The feeling being in the cinema at the very end of Blair Witch where the camcorder just drops to the ground and you're just left with that static scene. Absolutely powerful. Absolutely terrifying. And I find it hard to get scared by films now. I've totally desensitised myself. Nothing that I watch scares me ever. I get jump scares, but nothing. I was going to ask you that, actually. I was going to ask you if anything scares you now. Nothing nothing scares me now other than jump scares it can't. So we lose that feeling. We lose that feeling of being I wish scared I could by get horror it films. Back. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't oh, it? The no. safe feeling of being terrified. I still get it. I think, like, I got, I still get that. I still get, I still suspect, if I, I, I could still manage to suspend my disbelief. Any paranormal movie, like, Matt, you can tell me that, like, when we watch Paranormal Activity. Par- paranormal Activities are probably maybe some of the conjuring some of the like um kind of like um insidious maybe sinister yeah stuff like the the um exorcism stuff as well some of that still really make well paranormal activity is probably the only one that actually freaks me out a bit still like yeah i, I gotta let my inhibitions go and um yeah host, think, host gave me that feeling actually i think yeah. host is the closest yeah. i've got in recent years and i think that's what's 
um, resurge my love of horror because it was such a breath of fresh air to watch hosts and get my heart rate racing is not something I get nowadays. It was just phenomenal. Had a cheeky uh, BBC release, didn't it, last week? I recommended to everyone. Everyone I recommended to first time who wasn't willing to get a Shudder free trial is now getting a second recommendation from me <laughs> now that it's on iPlayer for a couple of months. So you, you quite like um, your kind of found footage kind of stuff then, yeah? When it's done well, and it's often done so badly. So um, so I've got a bone to pick with you with your two and a half star review of Deadstream. Oh, yeah. Oh, Deadstream. Oh, my. So I do like found footage. but You're going to tell me your thumb slipped, yeah? And you were supposed to put five stars. My thumb <laughs> might have slipped from one and a half stars. <laughs> I struggle with comedy horror. And oh, but it's not. It's, oh, I thought oh, it was I like a horror. As well, no, I think it was. I think the comedy took me so out of the horror zone that I couldn't focus and be drawn in and engrossed into it because of the comedy. It took me out of it and it, it did not grab. I wanted to like it. I really, really wanted to like it. Everyone was raving about it at Fright Fest. I didn't see it at Fright Fest. I wanted to enjoy it. It was mildly funny, but the humour takes away the oh, peril. No. Oh. It's really um, divided opinion, hasn't it, that film? That's up for... I don't know. Much. I was looking that on like... Letterbox and all the people I follow, five, four, four, five, four, two and a half. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that might be like a, a contender for, you know, top 10, top 10 of the year, I think, for us. Um, I, I, got, I get what you're saying, Paul. Because, but these these boys were like when we came out of it, we're just like that is fucking ridiculously out, out. That is outstanding. I sort of dropped. I wasn't as infused, but it got me. Well, you had a little snooze. That's why I did have a little snooze. But um, <laughs> it was late. Um, but it was. We watch it. it. It did get me. Like I did feel like at bits were just like, oh, again. Even though the comedy was there, I still felt. Like it was kicking me in the bagoolies sometimes walking around that house. I know. How much bit... of that was the um, IMAX effect? You're excited to be at Fright Fest. I think it was day one of Fright Fest. Watch on a massive. Nah, it was. It wasn't day one. It was um, Saturday night. Oh, okay. Still yeah. big screen, big screen against me watching it on my little TV. Maybe <laughs> it might have been. I mean, the atmosphere does add to it, I suppose. But... In terms of found footage, um, I had my shortlist for you. Um, later but I'll come on to one that had on it that nobody seems to have watched and I absolutely love have any of you watched the British found footage film called webcast no oh, we're not never heard of it. recommend it to everybody anytime I hear somebody say recommend me a film that I never would have heard of it's absolutely brilliant it's um, a young couple in a council estate in England very normal place um, and they discover this weird group of people who get up to all sorts of um it's almost like a cult but mm-hmm. the final climatic scene is filmed in a place called cold christmas um which is a town i think in hertfordshire um so after watching the film and loving the film i took myself off to the um abandoned disused cold christmas church for a little wander around Did um, to be haunted it's about an hour's drive from my house so i had to go there Beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful thing. So webcast is an absolute hidden gem of found footage, especially mm. people who like watching ultra low budget budget British indies. So where can we find this? 
it was on Prime on Netflix for free. Now you've got to pay for it, but it is on Prime. We like that. We like a good recommendation. All right, then. So we like we talk about found footage movies and stuff. And obviously Blair Witch was for me was a big thing. I had the poster. I almost got a tattoo. I almost got the stick figure like when I was little getting the tattoo. And I was well bought into all the marketing and all the because it was early Internet. So like going onto the Internet and seeing all the marketing and stuff like that was proper, proper cool. So like, yeah, Blair Witch was definitely one for me. Um what about what's your what's your favorite horror movies what sort of your go-tos for old horror um okay. the original halloween absolutely um it's perfect and for new horror host it, it was groundbreaking it was breaking fresh ground absolutely brilliant so you're you're stick by your favorite horror being halloween the 1978 halloween absolutely so a slasher fest have you got any other slashes that you sort of enjoy I don't um, like the franchises. Watch, they have got so tired, haven't they? All I need, need to watch. Is watch the Mutilator. That's all you need to do. The Mutilator. Yeah. <laughs> I will track down the Mutilator just by the title. I would watch that film. The Hook in the Puss. That's all you need to know. I'd Absolutely. Say, I'd say you got you got to have a night of it. So you want to do Mutilator? Burning. No. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Burning. Um, Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp. Camp. Yeah. And Slumber Party Massacre. I love Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> with Slumber Party in the title. Anything with cheerleader in the title. If it's a horror, I'll be watching it. Only if it's a horror. I probably probably associate you, Paul, I don't know why, as being a bit bit pervy like our friend Sai. So do you like any of the exploitation movies like Driller Killer or anything? Oh, like- I watched a brilliant one recently, um, Nazi Exploitation. Um, it is called SS Experiment Love Camp. <laughs> oh my, that was brilliant. I am um, one of my son's friends' mums, who I sort of casually know. I just chat to her sometimes and say, Hi, how are you? And we just have casual small talk. And then I found out that she works for the BBFC as a censor. So I just wow. must have overwhelmed her. I got so excited and I started rattling off all of the films that I've watched. The BBFC have refused to classify. Um, so SS Experiment Love Camp um, is still banned. Well, it's not banned. It's never been granted a license. The reason that it's never been granted a license is because one of the um, unfortunate um, detainees of the um, Holocaust camp falls in love with one of her captors and then um, enjoys relations with him. So the BBFC don't like um, that so that didn't get granted but then I started telling her about when I'd seen um, Murder, Death, Kill um, <laughs> and all other films which, which have not been granted a license but um, SS Experiment Love Camp is brilliant if that is your thing God, she has her children out of the school as she that's what I was just going to say <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just about to say that <laughs> yeah you want to watch okay, actually you should ask her to. You should get her to watch that movie. What do we review? Censor. Uh, Censor. Yeah. So I asked her about that, and she said her and all of her colleagues have all watched Censor. They all love Censor, and that <laughs> the filmmaker came and spoke to some of them when making oh, wow. the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. BBFC right. are quite um, interesting about their communication. They are massive fans of film. They do a huge amount yeah. of work promoting film. They do lots and lots of work. Um, explaining 
um, the reason for their decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I'll tell you what, we would love to have someone from the BBFC on it. That would be fucking awesome. They're very well, open to explaining what they do, but um, yeah, yeah, totally. It people like us can still watch SS Experiment Love Camp if we want to, despite the lack of um, BBFC <laughs> classification. We used, to, oh, we used to sell that on HMV years ago. Really? I definitely saw that before. Hundred percent. Pretty sure. Put that out. Pretty sure I've got it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> That's in his back, his secret cabinet. Looks <laughs> like the old days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other questions you got, boys? Nothing you want to know about Paul. What do you? Anything you, you got? Any other questions you want to ask us? Yeah, I did. Um, I went to BFI Film Festival recently. I didn't watch horror films. Um, I watched two films. One was called, I'm looking at my list, God Said Give Them Drum Machines, which is a documentary on the birth of the Detroit hip hop um, scene. And one was called Emily the Criminal, which is an Aubrey Plaza crime film. Both were brilliant. But at the intro of them, um, BFI were advertising their upcoming horror festival. And they had the John Carpenter quote, which I hadn't seen before. Um, horror is a reaction it's not a genre um, and that really resonated with me um, have you heard that quote before and what's your thoughts on that horror is a reaction not a genre god you've gone deep on me fucking hell Paul you've listened to this podcast <laughs> because <laughs> because when I was looking um, at the film for me to pick for you to watch next week some of the films were sort of horror adjacent so um, these are not films that I've picked so for example is irreversible a horror film is right. based yes. a horror film is yeah these, these sort of films that are horrific but don't fall into yeah. the slasher genre or the yeah we, we've done films like that and we i mean you know kill list, like, kill list you know detain i'd say that's not out and out horror we, we, um, we, we do have this just conversation paul it's like because we do we did we, a florence Pugh film the other week didn't you which yeah is, very yeah. far from horror, but it's horror adjacent. Yeah, and like with Venom and stuff like that, and we talk about children's horror and stuff like that, and you know, have these discussions where is they say, oh, it's something more, it's a sci-fi movie. Well, Event Horizon, you know, it's a sci-fi movie, but it's horror adjacent. The horror falls into a lot of different categories because it's what it's quite personal to you in terms of what frightens you. So you kind of with this with this podcast, we kind of get to explore every avenue of horror we don't disassociate ourselves from anything that's potentially got some kind of horrific thing in there you know if there's one kind of scene in there that's kind of interesting to us and it makes the movie horrific in that perspective then we'd definitely cover it because we like doing everything um and i think that's kind of i think that's been our discussion for everything an irreversible base moi you know those sort of like even those french movies switchblade romance like martyrs mm-hmm. antichrist all those sort of things they fit in within that genre like we did lighthouse lighthouse isn't like an out and out horror but it is got some it is got some imagery that can sort of um make you make your emotions feel slightly uneased and all that sort of stuff and that's what it is for me it's like stoke my emotion make me feel a little bit wrong watching a movie and I, and that will stick with me <laughs> absolutely okay. for me um <clears throat> it's a, a little bit what paul said I, the quote yeah it's hard i'm not going to argue with the master you know what i mean he is the master of horror however it's like sometimes it's hard not to put horror in genres when you're 
you know, I have customers that come in the shop and they go, oh, I really want a really good slasher. I really want a really good sci-fi horror. So it's hard not to put things in genre. I mean, I don't, you know, I, yeah, I watch all different movies. I don't just watch horror, but, and I do agree with his quote, but, but like Paul said, it's to do with the what the feeling it makes you have. If a film makes me emotional and hits me that way, like I, like, clerks free like it literally hits me emotionally or uh when we go and watch candyland at fright fest and that just give me a gut punch and i love i absolutely love seeing stuff that i've not seen before stories that are different and quirky and in indie films are smashing out of the park and just finding those little gems that that's the ones that really get in your brain and just make you think so much even for a week after like films like St Maud films like Midsummer, you know and smaller films it's just like it's great I love that I think like watching films like Tatane and Censor and stuff I get way more out of it than I do these days rather than watching something like Halloween Ends where you know it's a bit of paint by numbers I just love being tested more that's yeah. just me yeah, echo what these guys have said i i suppose i have a I, I when i first started doing the podcast i mean obviously most of what i watch is horror now but i suppose paul and matt would have been what you term sort of more classic horror fans than i would be um but it was, it's interesting matt talks about customers in the shop obviously i used to work for the same company and it was one of the most complicated questions you would get asked is recommend me a good horror film because you can recommend tons of brilliant films but actually some people will think they're a bag of shite because they're not scared or that it's what do you want from that film do you want to be terrified do you want to be thought provoked do you want to do you want something funny do you want something a bit slapsticky do you want something it's so it's quite hard to put into a specific thing and yeah some of the scariest films i've ever seen aren't actually horror films like deliverance deliverance freaks me out more it's one of the scariest films i've ever seen in my life but is it a horror film well it's up for debate uh, seven we did seven not so long ago and people would say well, it's a serial killer film but killing people is quite horrific you know what i mean um, and, the, and the the end is certainly horror the last yeah definitely yeah horror. so yeah definitely that that's that reaction you know you can watch things like i was talking about wizard of oz earlier on i genuinely am frightened of the original wizard of oz i watched it not so long ago and i sat thinking this is actually scary like my, I wouldn't let my kids watch it at the minute. <laughs> but that's just my reaction. Even though I probably watched it as a, a wee one going, yeah, it's grand. It's a scarecrow in a hey, But now that, it's like, Jesus. That witch so, yeah. was pretty scary. And there's flying flying monkeys, mate. I'll give you that if you want. It's, not, it's the whole film. It's the hallucinatoriness of it all. I it freaks me out. It really does. But then I'm the guy that got freaked out by Zoltar and Big. So maybe I'm just a... <laughs> I'm just a bit special, but quick question. <laughs> but yeah, definitely that reaction. It's I, I completely I agree with Saint John Carpenter. So <laughs> the um, quick question on Wizard of Oz: Did you, did you see the guy hanging in the background in one scene that supposedly <laughs> hanged himself? It was one of the Munchkins that, that hanged himself on set. True oh. story. True story. Oh wow! Well, dark, see, there's there a you dark go. <laughs> side to Wizard of Oz. Just just Google it. Like. YouTube it, you'll see the story behind it. Matt's facts. Munchkins were little bastards. They were horrible, apparently. Like, really bad. And they kept getting drunk and partying and stuff. Sounds bad. There's some 
weird shit behind it, right? Anyway. Oh, cool. Good, great question. That's awesome. Yeah, Thanks. good question. I like that. All right, cool. That was a great chat with our uh, guest, Paul Thomas. Sir Paul Thomas. No, it's not Sir. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, get on and talk about our uh, move from the vault. I'm going to recommend that you go out to the colony for a week or two. I was here this morning. God, look at the door. Bill just got bitten by a wolf. We have uh, is bitten by a werewolf and lives, becomes a werewolf himself. The classic werewolf can change shape any time it wants, day or night, whenever it takes a notion to what This episode's Move from the Vault is I is my pick. Uh, I picked The Howling, 1981, the year of my birth. And I believe Paul Thomas's birth as well. Indeed. That's a good year. Um, after a bizarre and near deadly encounter with a serial killer, a television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be all that they seem. Dun, dun, dun. Not bad, little movie. Ooh, howling. Um, right, let's get on to this. Matt, well, do you remember the first time you saw this? God, yeah, it would have been a very, very, very long time ago, probably a video shop rental for me. Video yes. shop rental. P- yes. P- PT? The first time I saw this film was a week ago. <laughs> cool, Virgin, we like that. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, what was your initial thoughts on it? Oh, I loved it. This was brilliant. So I've got gaps in my 80s horror because I was so young when the 80s was happening. So a lot of the classics I still haven't watched. I'm slowly getting through them. But um, this is exactly what I want from an 80s horror. It ticks all the boxes. Great fun. Loved it. Cool. Paul? Well, I first watched this two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, never I thought I'd seen this. I thought I'd seen it, but I definitely haven't. So, um, again, probably just familiarity working in a video shop. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought it was going to at the start. It took a while for me to get into it, but when the shit started hitting the fan, it definitely hit the fan. Cool. Well, it starts off with the sort of like, for those who don't know, <laughs> Howling, uh, it came out at a similar time. I think it came out a year after an American Wealth in London, or did they both come out the same year, Matt? I can't about, remember. About the same. Because there was lots of discussion around the sort of two, you know, the transformation scenes and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah. I remember that. Because you had, you had um, who worked on this one? Rick, 
Rick Baker, wasn't it? Was on this uh, one. Robert Dean. And Robert Dean. Um I mean, it starts off as quite, like I said, a, a sort of weird 70s trash exploitation movie where she's sort of going to investigate a weird, some kind of serial killer. She's trying to get entrap him with the police. Um, he's obviously some kind of weird rapist. You never get to see his face. And it's a nice, it's a really weird bit in the back of a seedy sort of pawn shop. Um, we know that this is like a, a Mahalo, you know, a werewolf movie at its heart. Um, but at the first sort of half, you sort of following her sort of distraught nature, trying to get over this this event, which I don't know if it was that traumatic. But, you know, Dee Wallace, very good actress. Um, but like, yes, yeah, she's sort of following that traumatic event. She sees a psychiatrist and she goes off to this mountain resort. And then it's a completely different werewolf movie to an American werewolf in London, whereas American werewolf in London is very animalistic and comedic. This is sort of more pack orientated um, and culty, I suppose. Interesting. Interesting one. Right. Matt, talk to me. Dean yeah, Wallace. I mean, it, it's, it's weird. It kind of disorientates you at the start, doesn't it? Because it's like, what the fuck is going on here? I can't. I, I, it was so long ago, I can't even remember it. Um, I, I didn't remember it being so slow because it takes a while. It does take a while to get into it. Um, and maybe I, I can't I can because of my memory I just literally can't remember it being that slow but fuck me the special effects that we'll get onto later on that like master class master class in special effects like literally finally enjoyed it really did Joe Dante at the helm as well obviously director of gremlins mm-hmm. um and you get a couple of gremlins cameos in it as well which is quite nice I don't know if anyone noticed that Masterclass in special effects, but also masterclass in soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely perfect. Mm. It's beautiful. Definitely. Fucking great. And also a masterclass in uh, cardigan jumpers, I thought. So that was, was a really, <laughs> really good thing. Don't really see enough of those these days. So I'd like to get them back. Great Tash as well. You know, almost, almost he could have been Tom a- Atkins, really, couldn't he? No, I no thought it was no Tom Atkins. Tom, I no one's Tom Atkins was watching it. There's only one <laughs> Tom Atkins. Like younger brother or something. What do you think of that like initial start? The sort of weird pervy. I mean, the, the weird porn. <laughs> that guy who was um, the adult store clerk was quite <laughs> weird. It was all weird. It was quite very weird. Weird. Tell, tell me something, Butch. Are these shops actually like that? Do they have secret rooms? <laughs> <laughs> Well, being a connoisseur of this sort of thing, I, I'm too scared to go into a, an adult shop. <laughs> I think the most I could probably do was an Ann Summers. <laughs> yeah, you start sweating a bit, don't you? <laughs> Not allowed in them. The really. amount of PTSD Paul Butcher's caused in Ann Summers to young women, I tell you. <laughs> but she has a bit of an experience. Is he about to, do you think he's about to rape her? Or do you think he's turning Is he into about a to turn her into a werewolf? Is that what it was about? Because he does say, I'm about to make your body feel like I'm about to give you something. I'm about to give you this gift. Well, I mean, I I think they're after him, aren't they? Because he's a killer. Because he's been killing people. Yeah, so it's like the end of their investigation. And obviously Mm. they've got some sort of like, there's all that like whole backstory that's not really developed. It's sort of like she's been tracking him down. He's got in contact with her. I don't know whether it's because he's just seen something he liked and has got in contact with her through the news 
Well, yeah, she's a news reporter, isn't she? Like, kind of thing. But I never really... Is his motive to kill her, or is it to actually, like... Eddie is a bit weird. He's a bit weird, isn't he? He's not very weird. Not as weird as his younger brother. Wow. Yeah, okay. But he he did come across weird, but when you spoke to him, he was sort of a bit... He just wore a weird jacket and just, you know, crept along and did a bit of hunting. But when you spoke to him, he came across as such a normal guy, I thought. Much more normal than when he was starting to sniff the air and become their tracker. I was just like, I was really expecting him to be really simple, like something from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then he was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird. There are some fucking ca- lots of casual sexism and uh, and racism in this movie as well. I thought that was quite good, quite in, quite interesting. Not well, when I was young, and I always remember uh, the, I think it's 43 minutes and 47 seconds is uh, the the scene the uh naked scene by the fire i always remember that yeah she i wonder I, why i watched this was i watched this with my partner um and i and when that scene came up i was like is she is she attractive or does she come across as quite hairy to you initially before she turns into the werewolf i don't know i was trying and she wears like leather and she sort of looks like um uh, the the girl from the craft. Like if you watch a remake, you could probably put her in that role. Do you know what I'm talking about? For she got a really weird name for going for Garmza or something like Faruza that. Bolt. Oh, Faruza. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she reminded me of her quite well, but she looked like a werewolf before she turned into a werewolf. I thought. I thought it was good casting because I thought she just looked a a bit kind of like I don't know what's the what are you like a bit of, uh, like native to the country like you know like part of a clan or cult or something i thought she looked culty is that what i'm trying to say yeah she's the weird she looked like the weird hippie yeah yeah in a leather top calling out calling out tom (laughs) tom atkins i love how they just palmed her off as a nymphomaniac as well ah don't worry about her she's a nymphomaniac (laughs) all right thanks (laughs) So that was the idea, right? They were all there initially because uh, the idea was they were all got weird stuff going on in their head. They all got mental health problems, right? That's yeah. why they were all there. But but actually, they were all werewolves in hidden away. There's fucking loads of them. Like, I, I'm, is the whole town like werewolves? Yeah, but, and yeah. the police. And the police. And the sheriff. There was a creepy policeman in this, wasn't there? There's a lot yeah. of creepy. There's a lot of creepy fucking people, and I thought the guy, the uh, you know, the psychiatrist was proper fucking seedy as well. Um, they they did the jumps. I tell you what, I, I forgot this. It got me. The bit, you know, the investigators. So I don't know her, her mates and stuff like that. They were doing like all. I don't know why that they think that there's something weird, but they do. They've gone to Eddie's home and they've seen lots of like pictures that he's drawn and and stuff and it's like oh this is a bit henry's portrait of a serial killer sort of thing and um then they go to that occult bookstore i thought that occult bookstore scene is fantastic what's his name because he's not he's passed now hasn't he you know yeah, the chap that's the chap from gremlins oh um oh shit what's his name i thought you knew his name you usually know it off the top of your head he's in he's that classic story Oh, about the Vietnam, about the gremlins. And it did feel very gremlins in its approach as well, because obviously he went on to do that. And actually all the werewolves and stuff like that, there was, it did kind of like feel very gremlins. So he's taken a lot from this movie, I think, in, into that, which is pretty cool. 
But yeah, that occult bookstore and, and all uh, that. Dick Miller. Dick Miller, that's Dick it. Miller. But um, Butch, the occult bookstore, and I'm all for a plot hole. I'm all for um, convenience. But the occult bookstore that sold silver bullets. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't priced them up yet. As you found out later, they someone just dumped them on him. So, you know, when he came in later, to, he pretty, the guy pretty much nicked him. There's nothing worse than when you own a secondhand bookshop and people just come in with a box of silver bullets and dump them there and you don't get the chance to price them up. It's it's terrible, isn't it? It's really inconvenient. First world like, problems. Yeah, it worked like, worked like a dream then, didn't they? <laughs> but so, the transformation scenes in this and all the, the little... Ah, oh, I mean, the, when she chops off the werewolf's arm to start with and it's still pulsating and... That reverse transformation was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was done in reverse. Matt, yeah, so it was a werewolf hand and then turned back to a human hand. I thought that was done so well. It's really, really good. When was that? Is that the one in the, the doctor's office? No, it was in the shack. It's where she goes into the shack and she's investigating. And then the werewolf, like, bursts through the back of her. Mm. And it's him, isn't it? It's um, old Mr. Tracker boy, Eddie. Is it Eddie? The, the one that looks like a freaky fucking hillbilly. This fairy court. Oh, that werewolf noisy sex scene was fucking weird and dodgy, though, wasn't it? It's so, I didn't know how far they, I couldn't remember how far they went with it. But it gets, you know, it's like, oh, she's quite nice. And then suddenly she gets all even more hairy. (laughs) And then you got into it more, didn't you? I did. I did wonder at one stage, right, that, and I did have this discussion. Is it cheating? Did he, did he cheat on his, uh, on his partner? Like, you know, because he's he's been bitten, you know, and he's been seduced by um, the wench. Um, so is it is it cheating? And, and I, I had this thought until up to the point where he backslapped Dee Wallace. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's a twat. <laughs> yeah, he's Did a you have this conversation with your missus? <laughs> yeah, I was That's trying right, to convince, I was trying to convince her. I said, what if I got bitten by a werewolf? Would you and I got called out every night to have werewolf sex would you stay with me i mean she was adamant that she would dump me but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> well would you, you stay friends just bite her. <laughs> she said she'd try and look after me um but we couldn't be together if i'd be bitten by a werewolf that was where we got to it to leave you out some bread and milk like for the hedgehogs <laughs> <laughs> not allowed milk milk's bad by the way uh, <laughs> can't do that it's a myth just the bread just the just the bread <laughs> and a virgin why does it turn into a cartoon as well when they're having sex well that was geez. yeah that, 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 that down budget did, uh, some crazy 80s animation there fuck yeah fucking great it's like <laughs> so weird that bit <laughs> yeah out of nowhere just like a bit of really crap cgi <laughs> I it was like, cgi it was animation yeah right in the first place it's like watching something out of like lord of the rings animation yeah yeah <laughs> well it was 81 wasn't it so yeah, yeah. um right. let's talk about the um i mean okay so eddie is a piece of shit <laughs> and but that did scare me i must admit because i don't know where he came from in the in the hospital room but she's obviously rifling through the files and suddenly he's, he's there where the fuck did he come from <laughs> came from the morgue didn't he did he i yeah. didn't see he got out the morgue didn't he, he smashed out the morgue yeah, yeah. I, knew that, I knew that he they'd established that but was he hidden in that room 
Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. But he fucking hell, that was so like sinister and stuff like that. Watching her demise and stuff like that it was really quite harrowing. It's quite a long time. Mm. Wow. So yeah. Was, was. And then he changed again for D Wallace, which took a long time as well. Do you think she had time to escape? She 100% had time to escape. That they was are one of pretty the longest... crap werewolves, aren't they? They take ages to fucking change. And I'm like, you could have like killed him 10 times if you didn't just stand there and just scream for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait till he's changed into a werewolf before I throw the acid on him. <laughs> yeah. But, but the effects were incredible. They were. Yeah. They were incredible. And is that, I can't remember the name they use for it now, where they put balloons under the skin of like fake skin and then they they basically blow it up and down so it like pulsates and i can't remember what it's called they did it in thriller ballooning or something like that it's called yeah i know they did it in a phase for a while throughout early 80s you should bring it back i think it's because it got on to more animatronics later on like it got a bit more complex it's just such a good it's snout and stuff like that it was really good Mm. to watch it was so interesting i was just like captivated by that special effects mm. absolutely brilliant it is all boutine in it it's brilliant yeah he is something fucking else um but yeah it's just a good movie to watch and i don't find it that slow i kind of liked all the investigation i liked the the different take on it i'd like the fact that it was like a pack they wanted to include other people that came across I'm not really sure bringing a news presenter down is the right move <laughs> Yeah, but what point did she get bit? Who bit her? She got scratched in the car as they were escaping. Yeah, right. So scratch is as good as a bite. Yeah. Okay. Or was it a bite? I can't remember. It was it a bite? Maybe it'd been a bite. I think it, it was, was, a, was bite. That a husband. It was a husband. Did it? Yeah, he came through the top of the car, didn't he? Yeah. So they all survived that burning as well. So the you know they all got out of that burning barn. I want to talk about the burning barn. I've got a problem with the burning barn. And it makes me question who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Because in forest fires are very, very dangerous. <laughs> I think they could have offed them more effectively with the very conveniently purchased silver bullets. It was thoroughly, thoroughly irresponsible setting fire to that barn and, and the mayhem that ensued. So was that appropriate? Who are the good guys? <laughs> the firemen that came to put the fire out. <laughs> and all got raped by the... Because uh, Is she in Howling too? The uh, leather-bound hipster. She is, but I think, if I remember rightly. And who's the pack leader? Well, it was the doctor, wasn't it? The doctor. Because he, got... he was talking about it from like a, a professor type of view, that it was a gift. So he was... He was giving them something. So like uh, they were all under his. And that's when they started rebelling. So she, she was like rebelling against him, wasn't she? She was saying, I've had enough. Like we, you know, we should be sort of dominating humans and going out and they're our prey and stuff. And he was like, no, you'll get found out and you'll get caught. And that was the whole sort of rebellion. Because at the end, he was trying to sort of defend D Wallace, wasn't he? And then he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, thank God, as if the curse has been lifted essentially from him. Yeah, it's it's sort of like I said, it's more pack orientated werewolf movie than say like American Wealth in London, which was more animalistic and it was almost about 
just that one the one sort of wolf could be is enough yeah really interesting sort of trans you know really like the end i really like the end obviously she goes on the news to tell a story and everyone's laughing at her because they think she's mental and then she bloody changes into or she starts turning into a werewolf does she looks more like a pomeranian (laughs) (laughs) yeah does you not think that she looked like more like a like cuddly bear she looked like what's he called from Spaceballs? You know the Chewbacca in Spaceballs. Oh. What's he called? <laughs> oh, she looked yeah. like him. Or John Candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you're not wrong. Maybe, but she didn't. She clearly didn't want. I, and this, and this is the difference between the myth. You know, they say the full moon. These are more shapeshifters, so they get to kind of change whenever they want. So that's another. You know, the sort of werewolf myth is definitely used and abused in all sort of different different franchises i wonder if uh, werewolf dan's seen this yeah we, we need to we do it. i did look i did listen to the episode with werewolf dan talking about the howling before he has seen the howling so oh yes oh good i tell you i yeah it'd be worth asking neil marshall if he got a lot of uh, inspiration from it because the werewolves i thought were quite similar to the ones in dog soldiers quite upright so. weren't they mm-hmm. yeah i, I don't I would have thought he's took a bit of inspiration definitely. from that. He's definitely taken some from bits and pieces in him. Very, very cool. Anyone else got any more comments about the movie? I thought that the people near the end of the film, when they were being attacked by werewolves, were quite, I don't want a victim blame here, but quite underwhelming in their display of fear when they're being attacked. Because if I was getting attacked by a werewolf, I would be screaming. But they were neither frozen nor screaming. They just seemed mildly perturbed that they were getting attacked by a werewolf and i was a bit underwhelmed by their um reactions fair <laughs> there was a bit at the end when they when they showed the the girl in the bar am i right in saying that yeah she was yeah in the bar wasn't she and then her eyes glow there so she's mm. going after him she's still alive she's going after them all my yeah. other note was um parallels with the x-men where you've got um part of a community who are mutants and everyone's dead and then the mutants who want to um live and um yes but um parallels the, the X-Men. x-men end there i think <laughs> that's what this film needed more magneto it definitely <laughs> would have needed a magneto that would have made it very different amazing <laughs> right matt let's hear some matt's facts okay there we go somebody's maybe true they might not i don't know i just picked him out anyway um rick baker rick baker obviously worked on the film but rick baker baker was originally doing the special effects for this movie but he left to go and do an american werewolf in london leaving the effects job for his uh in the move um in this movie in the hands of robertine uh both this movie and american werewolf were released the same year and both received praise for their makeup work in their own ways um the final transformation had to be done in all close-up because this movie has exceeded its budget um, and this had to be shot in Joe Tan- Dante's office because they had no money uh, for sets anymore. Whether I, I don't know whether that one's true. It sounds a bit, bit, bit far-fetched, but you never know. Right. Because to their work in this movie, Joe Dante and Michael Finnell received the opportunity to make the movie Gremlins 1984 uh, for Steven Spielberg. Uh, that movie references the howling with a smiley face image on the refrigerator door. Eddie Quist leaves yellow smiley face stickers 
as his calling card in several places all through the movie. Also, James McCrell's character as a news reporter, Law Landers, appears in both The Howling and Gremlins, which suggests that both movies share the same universe. I've watched that crossover. <laughs> um, Dee Wallace, uh, Karen White and Christopher Stone, Bill Nile, uh, Neil were engaged in real life when shooting this horror movie. Sadly, he's dead now. Um, Roger Corman, uh, uncredited, uh, the famed B-movie pr- producer who had me- mentored the movie's director, Joe Dante, as a man waiting to use the phone box after Karen White, D. Wallace. And when Corman checks the payphone for change, this is a joke reference to the producer's legendary penny pinching. <laughs> you know, outside the, the uh, phone box. Yeah. Um, last one, and this was quite funny, this. Uh, the reason for Karen White looking so different from the other werewolves when she became one at the end uh, was Dee Wallace's idea. She reportedly told the crew she didn't want to be an ugly werewolf, but a pretty feminine one. Teen had, had difficulty coming up with a new design that ended up looking like a female Wookiee. <laughs> Brilliant. Kill, Wait, kill, count of, kill count of 12. Yeah, but yeah. I must say, Dee Wallace, I've met her in real life, obviously. <laughs> but she is really, really nice in real life. And she said she'll come on the pod. Well, makes her even better then. Awesome. Great pick by me. Well done. Okay. <laughs> We're going to rate this, Mad Boy. PT, you're up first. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Brilliant. Exactly what I'm looking for in the 1981 werewolf film. I'll go with eight out of ten as well, mate. It's, an, it's a nine for me. Woo! I love it. Well, I'm going to give it a seven. Sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> it's still high. Seven out of ten. Yeah, Seven Jesus. But uh, uh, yeah, it's so... higher than I thought Paul Stevens was going to give it. Oh, really? Well, no, I actually quite, like I said, through the first 45 minutes of it was getting a five. But um, yeah, I thought the special effects were great. And uh, like I said, when I started ramming up and getting into it, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. So yeah, seven out of ten. Nice. Uh, but I rounds it up to about a draw and last eight out of ten. Lovely job. Um, okay, we got to find out what movie we were doing from the vault next episode, and that is down to our guest. So, PT, what you got for us? Great. So, I'll give you my shortlist first of the films that I nearly chose, um, but didn't quite make the cut. So, I've already mentioned the fantastic indie British low budget film Webcast. Um, the other one that I would really love to hear you all talk about, but it's not my pick, is 2011's Megan is Missing. Now, when I met you all at Fright Fest, I was raving about Megan is Missing. <clears throat> this film is so polarised. So many people hate it. I absolutely love it. The girls are criticised as being wooden in their acting, but they're not. They're acting like teenage girls. Paul Butch, when I saw you, you instantly got letterboxed out. Saw that it's 1.5 on letterboxed. 38% of users has given it half a star. Um, it's been really, really skewed by people putting that on it is a fantastic horrific story of teen abduction that's um, right up butcher's street though isn't it it's 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 brilliant but you may hate it um <laughs> okay the other film i thought of bringing to you was 1984's threads which i watched for a first time a few months ago that's a british um docudrama film hyper realistic about a um, nuclear attack and the impact of harrowing of Sheffield it is utterly harrowing very very powerful 
Um, the last film that didn't make the cut, I'd be curious if you've seen this, and horror adjacent, probably the furthest from horror out of my list, 1971's Wake in Fright. Have any of you seen Wake in Fright? No. Uh, Wake in Fright oh. was lost for many years and it was found and restored. It's about a teacher in Australia who, in his summer holidays, um, spends his time drinking, gambling and shooting kangaroos, um, featuring actual dead kangaroos. Oh, I'm glad you didn't oh, pick that I don't one. Know if I'd like that. Oh, I don't the know. The kangaroos are dead anyway and they use stock footage. Fuck, um, what, are, oh, okay. what is going to be your pick? I, uh, <laughs> I have read this. So oh, Christ, I'm worried. <laughs> my, pick, my, my, my pick for you, um, I didn't want to come with a film that is just shocking for shocking's sake. I wanted to come to you with a film that is shocking that I genuinely enjoyed. Um, so the film that I hugely enjoyed and I think is a work of art and it stands up as, um, I think a masterpiece would not be unfair, is um, my choice, um, Sallow or the 120 Days of Sodom. Um, oh, fuck! Have you seen Sallow or the 120 Days of Sodom? I've seen the cover, and I've seen, I've the, seen the, the cover, cover a million times. <laughs> it's an uh, absolutely fantastic film. Sorry, Matt, I spoke over you. No, that's all right. I've, I've just seen the cover, and I, I, know, I, I know what it's kind of about. The um, <laughs> BBFC, who I mentioned recently, have got a history of the film on their website. It is a um, allegory of fascism. There are four sections to the film um, and they are all based on um, Dante's Divine Comedy. Um, first section is Anti-Inferno. The second section is Circle of Manias. Um, I'm going to go out of chronology. The fourth section is Circle of Blood. And the third section is Circle of Shit, um, which is taken <laughs> very literally. But um, this is not a film which is shocking, but boring or shocking and rubbish. It's an Italian language, art house classic. Um, the BBFC, when granting the license, have said um, the BBFC also considered that ultimately Salo is a film of limited appeal and is unlikely to ever receive widespread distribution. Those people who chose to view the film would, because of its notoriety, be aware of its contents. I think you three will all love this film, and I think you will enjoy it. As all people who are film lovers, you will enjoy this film on its merits. Right. Thanks for that, Paul. However, you forgot one one important thing about when you pick a movie. How the fuck are we going to watch this movie? It's widely it's available. It's it? widely distributed. Of course, yeah. the BBFC gave... Um, a, a license to it. It's uncut as well. But where can we watch it? You can buy it from. You can shop. buy it very cheaply. Um, you will have to buy it very cheaply. I will send my copy to one of you if any of you are. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. Don't worry. It's, All right. it's, it's many places. Don't worry. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! And you're in for a you've trip. Been fucking, you've been spending way too much goddamn time. It's right, one of those in London watching fucking art movies at the BFI, Paul. <laughs> it's one of those movies I've always picked up at work, and the the cover is rather intriguing. Is like, it? What? And then you look at the back and go, "Oh, don't know about that," and put it back down. Are we about? And I won't to watch... tell you the clientele that buy it. Are we about to watch Cannibal Xerox or something like that? Is that what we're sort of heading down? Okay. Cheers for that, Paul. <laughs> I, 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 I am 
confident that when I listen back to this, you are all going to have enjoyed it thoroughly. But um, I'll be entertained <laughs> if you don't as well. Well, we'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, legend. All right, appreciate nice. it. All right, cheers, Paul, for that amazing pick, I guess. I haven't fucking known. We haven't done anything like... I don't think we've done anything like this in our fucking 115 episodes, have we, Matt? That's good. That's good. That's really good. We're going to be challenged, and I quite like the idea of that. Um, Challenged to go and find it for a start. Um, Cool. Thanks for coming on, Paul. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. This won't be the last time. Definitely not. No, not if you're bringing picks like that. I'm full of them, full of them. Cracking job. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed um, our guest, PT. And if you want to be a guest on uh, Draw and Last Breath, just drop us a line. You know, we like to talk to people who enjoy movies and enjoy horror and weird shit. That's what we like to do. So get in touch and let us know. Um, moving on to episode 116, we will be doing Pray for the Devil for our main review. Um, we were coming up a uh, cool ideas for something to scream about. Get Mr. Geordie Paul onto that. And PT has just picked out Salo for the 120 days of Sodom. So, yeah, excited to watch it. You've been Thank there you. and done that, you, Butch. <laughs> that ride at Disneyland, is it? <laughs> it was like um, Barisa back in the day, wasn't it, Paul? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Happy Halloween when there's no more room in hell. Here's another podcast. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com.